Today's episode is brought to you by the She Leads Podcast Network, the first network for women by women. Visit SheLeadsPodcast.com to learn more today. Welcome to the Creative Visionaries Podcast. My name is Tori Barker, a digital marketing specialist, business owner, mom, and you guessed it, a creative visionary. This podcast is about inspiring business owners, building connections, sharing success stories, and motivating others. Join me on this journey as we tap into your true potential and unleash your inner visionary. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us again on the Creative Visionaries podcast. Today, I am joined with a very special guest, Adam Liette. He is the founder and director of Smooth Operations, which helps entrepreneurs create the systems and workflows needed to scale online companies. Adam, welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit more about you and how you got into this Smooth Operations business. Uh, thank you so much, Tori. Such a pleasure to be here. Um, so uh, before all this, this online remote work stuff, I was, uh, I was actually a soldier. Uh, 12 years active duty U.S. Army Special Operations. I've deployed all over the world, done all sorts of fun, cool stuff. Um, and before that, even, I was a musician. So I'm a lifelong musician, been playing since I was about five years old. And I found, and when I moved online, a wonderful marriage of the two. I started working for an online music education company, and I fell in love with running companies behind the scenes. So actually doing all the day-to-day -day work, managing the team, managing the company to allow my creative visionary to do his creative visionary stuff and um, put me happy in my place of working uh, with the team. Love that. Yeah. So, so you started Smooth Operations when you were working with a creative visionary, right? Exactly. I started the company about six months ago because it's... I. All of you entrepreneurs will know this call when you just feel like you have a gift to share with the world. You have something to share that you can't stop talking about and can't stop thinking about. And so that propelled me to leave my day-to-day -day job and start this company. I love it when you have, like you said, everyone can relate. You have that burning desire and you're like, oh I'm doing gosh. this, but I have so much more that I can be giving or so many more people that I can be helping. And, and, and it's just like, you have to, you have to, you have to feed that fire, right? That's just like every day in your mind. And so I love that. I think we all can relate to that and are either in that situation or have been in that situation. And so yeah. that's like the perfect conversation for all of us, you know, on this, this platform to, to hear, we're all in the same space and we're following that passion and that dream. So tell me what it is that smooth operations does so you build operating systems for businesses what does that look like and how how do you structure that when you work with your clients for sure so many of us well we start as solopreneurs almost all of us right and so we get used to working how we work we get used to allowing things to be a bit laissez-faire and without necessarily a structure rather whatever we are feeling motivated to do that day or whatever happens to be on the checklist that we ourselves created which is great when it's just us <laughs> but as we start to build out well now we have people to manage what most of us end up rele relegating to is the idea of of uh, transactional management where we need something done we ask our va or we ask our team member to do it they go do it 
We need something else done. We ask for it to be done. It gets done. This is all doable at the one to two people on your team. But once you start to grow past that, business starts to feel like a big, heavy backpack on like a huge weight on your back where you're managing everything. You're having to tell people what to do all the time, show them what to do all the time. This is where the operating system comes into play. The operating system is simply a framework around what we're doing. It's building systems, processes, um, templates within project management tools. It's establishing a communication cadence mm. so that we're regularly talking to our employees and allowing them to talk back to us. So it's definitely a two-way street. We need to find a way to give information out and also to receive it. What does this really do for us as creatives and as our, the entrepreneurs that we are? It frees us from the stress of actually managing the business. Instead, we're leading the business. Oh my gosh. And what that does for your brain and the creative energy that's inside all of us, it's dropping that backpack off. And suddenly now that zest that we had for the business a year ago, two years ago, maybe even five years ago, if you've really been slogging it through, it's back. Because now you have a system of support around you. You're enabling your team to help you and to grow the business. So it's it's really exciting when it happens. Um, I've been uh, fortunate enough myself to do it and now to help my clients do it. And how it works with my clients is it's a, it's a group coaching, basically, where I do have curriculum that shows you the physical, do this, do that. But businesses are very unique. All of our businesses <laughs> are, there's no one size fits all. So it's a matter of finding the right cadence, the right flow of how to implement this into your co company to not only make sure it works, but to make sure you have team buy-in, make sure that you're adapting things as needed because your team, like you got to protect those team members, got to love them. And uh, when we do that, it just builds this amazing ecosystem around you. Yeah. So lots of questions are coming to mind as you're talking, but I'll try and focus in on a few yes. of like starting point, right? When you come across um, potential clients who are in the need of an operating system or a strategy or structure or framework, and they haven't mm -hmm. done anything up until this point, do you like, I know people talk about SOPs, like document your, um, your, offerings, do document everything that you do, put together an SLP so that you have it documented because it's not a lot of us entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, creatives have it all in our head. And so getting mm -hmm. it um, out onto paper or in a digital format, is that usually something that you talk about in this process is like, okay, let's start with the document phase and then let's talk about the strategies and let's talk about the framework. Is that usually kind of mm -hmm. like your, your stages that you go through? The first step is what I call the time study. And it's a very detailed analysis of what exactly you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis. And probably the wrong thing to say in a sales point of view, but it's really painful to do a time study, a really accurate one, because we're documenting our whole day in 15 minute increments. And when we take our a step back after that two week, it's a two week period where we're documenting everything we're doing. When you take a step back, it's like, seeing sun for the first time. Yeah. Uh, it becomes so crystal clear where your time is going, where you're actually putting all, all of your energy. And what I find is not only does this bring things to light, but it also gives me a whole lot of motivation to be cleaning up my time because I realize where I'm, uh, I'm wasting my time in many ways. Yeah. 
As far as documenting and SOPing, you're exactly right. Most of us don't do this on a regular basis. And there's a bit of a disconnect that always comes into play. I've been guilty of this myself, where someone will say, create an SOP and open a Google Doc and I'll look at it. I'll go, well. <laughs> where do I hmm. start? <laughs> there's got to be like a right format. No, don't worry about any of that. When we start SOPing, SOPing can be the easiest thing in the world. I have a secret little tool. It's called ScreenFlow. And, or you can use QuickTime or Camtasia, whatever, doesn't matter. The point is we want to capture our process. Mm -hmm. So what I do when I'm starting an SOP from scratch, I will literally do the process and narrate myself doing it. Yeah, smart. And the crazy smart. thing, yeah, <laughs> it, it's, it's so intuitive. It becomes kind of fun. And the crazy thing that happens during that process, you're gonna be like, you start to question yourself. Be like, why am I doing it that way? And so you'll start optimizing your own process while you're documenting it. But <laughs> so you end up needing like a version two and a version three of your SOP. But that's fine. Uh, it's you got to start really, somewhere, right? <laughs> yes. When we do it this way, the process of documenting is actually quite enjoyable. And we're just creating videos and talking our way through it. Yeah. And that's where it all comes from there. As far as then offloading it to someone else for them to actually do, I like to do a two-step process where if I'm creating the SOP, I'm I'm the one that's handing something off. I do that video just like I discussed. Yeah. I then hand over the documenting of it and writing it down to whoever's taking it over for me. Mm. So they're the one turning it into the point by point breakdown. Because right. then you're getting both sides, you're getting, you know, both sides of the brain working and becomes part of the onboarding and train up process. Hmm. I love that. So one of my questions when, when you were talking about how you structure this group coaching, do you see the people that are coming into your, your network, are they the CEOs, the creatives, or are they actual like operating like business online business managers who are, are leaning towards or growing towards that operator uh, position or what's the most common person who benefits from the coaching that you put together? Well, it's very much a group relationship where I invite both the CEO and whoever their right hand is. Yeah. So it can be an OBM, it could be a VA, it could be a full-on integrator or operator. We have like five different names for the same role in the company. It drives me absolutely <laughs> out of my mind. I'd love to, if we just decide on a term, I call it an operator, yeah. um, but the operator is the second command at, at the company. So we invite them both in. Uh, they're both uh, in the curriculum and on the coaching calls. I love that. Well, it's funny you you mentioned the so many titles or ways of describing it. This whole concept reminds me of the book Rocket Fuel. Have you read yes. that book? Oh my gosh. So it's like, I read that book probably like a year or so ago, which like kind of was my catalyst for building this podcast because I, at that point, realized that I was a true visionary. And mm -hmm. so I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm the visionary who's my integrator or that operator in my business. And so I've been like on this mission ever since kind of discovering my role and my genius and in, in that sense and like finding that right person and, and making sure that I can grow my team and my company with all those strategic strategic people in place. And so it's funny that, you know, when we were talking about this, I'm thinking about the book and how they talk about the different roles and, and the, yes. the company. So I love, <laughs> I love that. We, we went down the rocket fuel path as well. And it, 
to its credit, Rocket Fuel enabled us to get to about $1.2, $1.3 million in revenue for the company. Yeah. Um, and then it, it gets a little heavy for me uh, in the second command role. Yeah. Uh, it it doesn't go as far into actually creating the systems to build the bigger team. It will get you to that point. Yeah. Uh, just following their methodology, but it, it has a real hard time scaling into the multi seven figures. Mm. So and I know you... there's someone out there hearing Adam, you're not, that's not true. Well, it's just my personal experience. That's well, yeah, of course. What, what I, what I experienced. <laughs> so how do you come up with that strategic plan and break it into those actionable steps for those operators in the business what what does that look like with with your clientele absolutely so we start with the idea in mind that we want to get to departmentals we want to get to uh areas of middle management where we're having multiple middle managers focusing on their respective areas of the company when we build a system and structure that's uniform across the company the marketing team operates the same as the sales team. The sales team operates the same as the customer service team. Everything is universal in its application and how we're communicating with one another and how we're building things out. That's when we start to see, see scalability. But it's starting with the idea of we're going to build this right now when it maybe only be three or four of you. Yeah. But when we build something solid, something solid scales the way, but we start at that, at that idea in mind that we are going to scale this. I love that. Yeah. And, and do you have specific steps that you give your, your client to put those right foundational people or departments in place? Like you mentioned the sales team, the mm -hmm. marketing team, the customer service, like what are those actionable steps that you give them to build out those teams? As far as building out the actual teams, um, you know, it's it all comes down to how are we documenting things? How are we building frameworks? Um, as far as anything actionable for, for the purpose of kind of an offhand advice, I'd say that our goal is always to build that middle middle leadership area. Yeah. So the biggest thing we can do for ourselves as entrepreneurs is to schedule a quarterly time where we're looking at the business as a whole. Mm. We're looking at and starting to project how we're going to grow. So I make use of the organizational chart from day one. Even if it's just you, start with an org chart in mind, make it task oriented as opposed to being job description oriented. So yeah. if we start by that method, what we end up seeing is, okay, Adam might be in charge of sales and marketing and content delivery right now. Those are three very distinctly different things, right? right? And then we start to see how we can branch those out based on task, not so much based on title. Yeah. So getting away from that um, more traditional way of looking at an org chart. And then, so once you identify like this kind of org chart department sec sections of your business, how do you hire the right people? Mm. What are, what are those? Uh, I mean, cause a lot of times it's, it's skill-based, but it's also right. like people who align with your core values and people with good work ethic. So are there mm -hmm. any like tips that you have for finding the best people to fill those roles that you've now identified through this whole operations say side of, of your business? How do you find the right people? I might've created a, 
I did create a mini course around this, so we can put an opt-in for that if, if people are interested. Absolutely. Uh, I employ a multi-phase hiring process. Uh, the first being, before we even start the hiring process, what does this person actually look like? Like, what is their job description? Very detailed job description of what exactly this new person is going to be doing. Yeah. Uh, I leveraged the time study really heavily when creating the ideal person that we're going to hire. So what task am I pulling off my list? Well, maybe someone else's list, maybe someone else's list. Kind of go team-wide to see how we're going to create this fictional person. Yeah. Um, when I'm doing the job search, I go far and wide. Uh, tend to start with email lists, whoever your current followers are. You're going to find a lot of really cool people on that email list. Um, and funny story, I eventually became director of operations. I was hired off Upwork. So if someone says Upwork doesn't work, nope, false. You can <laughs> find amazing people on Upwork. Um, and then we need to fit for culture first. I believe culture is far more important than can they properly format a post for Facebook. I can teach anyone how to do that. Right. But I can't always find people that fit our team's culture. So yeah. the culture interview is actually the first interview where we want to see what kind of person they are. How do they best work? Will they align with my team and my team's values? Or do I know they're going to drive this other person crazy? So <laughs> knowing all the, all the uh, minds in the room, right? Who's going to work yes. with who? <laughs> exactly. As an example, uh, I, as part of this, we do a disc assessment. So the, the Tony Robbins assessment, um, and the funny thing is I was, I was hiring for a position once and I got someone who was in high, who was a high eye on, on the disc. And one of my colleagues was like, dude, you cannot hire them. You're a high D you two are going to drive each other crazy. Yeah. Like, okay. Good point. Great. Yeah. Thank you. No, I didn't. It ended up becoming a good thing. Once we know that people are a good culture fit. Well, now let's move into actually task orientation and I employed a, pay, a paid trial. So usually it's like 75 to 80% of what their end salary will be, but give them a number of tasks, eight to 10 hours worth of actual tasks to do. So you yeah. can see them in, 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 in operation, see how they're actually doing the task. And only once we're through all that, do we get to the actual interview? So <laughs> we do a whole lot of stuff before we get to that interview phase that a lot of people jump to. Yeah. Well, and I think that that helps the quality of the, the, the role or the hire, mm -hmm. the employee or VA or whatever it is, because you've gone through all of these steps, you've kind of vetted through the, you know, yes. potential um, complications that could come later down the road if they're not a culture fit or they can't perform these tasks. You've already kind of gone through that process in the, you know, a, a test trial phase, right? Right. <laughs> And no. the most important thing is, and this hurts sometimes, you can do all this work and still not find the right person, Tori. Mm. And that stinks. Yeah. But if it's not the right person, it's not the right person. And we need to be honest with ourselves. Yeah. Well, so I'm I'm curious because as you're you're building these operations to grow a business and you're starting small, like most of us do, do you ever find or have challenges with with um owners or, you know, company leaders who are trying to put somebody in a specific role that has too much 
well, how, let me see if I can explain this. So like too many um, responsibilities instead of being like very specific on their role, like you do social mm. media, you do websites, instead of saying you do design and website and social media and this all together, like what is your advice or do you usually say you need to silo those, like have them be specific things or do you mesh it all together based on skill sets for for building this framework to grow? Mm. What's your, what's your thoughts on that? Cause I no, personally, I personally started in, in, in the building my team where I had, you know, somebody in multiple sorts of yeah. roles, right? So they kind of did a little bit of everything instead of having like a specific niche. And so then I was, I was coming to the realization, well, I can't expect them to be great in all of these things, right? There's not the right. unicorn, <laughs> unicorn right. employee. So it's like, do you really have to be super specific? But then is the, the challenge that you have multiple people in all of these things? Or I just, I'm just curious yeah. what your thoughts are. Here's what I'll say about this. And that's such a good question. I love it, Tori. That's amazing. And it's giving, making me think. So that's a good thing. Um, I've noticed that the employee works for me five to 10 hours a week versus the full-time employee. It's just different. Yeah. The full-time employee has more buy-in. They have more contact with them. You're able to really create that relationship that is going to pay off in dividends if and when we hit those moments of crisis that just happen yeah. in yeah. companies. So I've done this myself now that I reflect on it for a bit, where I had an employee who was at 15 hours a week. I knew if I added a couple more things to her desk, we could bring her on full time. And she was ready. Like she was yeah. like, I love working with you guys. Can I come on full time? So I created kind of a Frankenstein job for her for a little bit. Yeah. I love that Frankenstein got, job. <laughs> yes. But I got her on full time. And we were able to then grow her with the business. She ended up taking over a good portion of what I was doing. Eventually, she went through multiple job iterations as her job changed. But bringing her on full time, we're a better position to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. So if it comes between the choice of having five different people that I'm managing for five different things, or one person that I might have to get some more training on something, I'm going to take the one person every day of the week, because we have buy-in, we have that relationship yeah. that we're going to build over time, and we can grow that person. And there's something, there's something amazing too, when someone has a job they don't really like, like part of their job, like, oh, you're the Facebook guy, you post all the stuff to Facebook. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, I don't like to do that. <laughs> well, in six months, when we get to take it off their desk, they're like, oh, this is amazing now, Adam, I love it. And so it's, it's a continuous development that people naturally want. And so yeah. we're enabling it. Well, and I agree. I think, you know, for me, I'm a, I'm a lifelong learner. And so I'm always educating and learning and growing myself personally. And so sometimes I try to groom the people who are with me to be that same way, whether that's right. good or bad, right? Like I'm, you're going to learn and you're going to grow. And some people just don't want to, but <laughs> for me, it's like, I want to give my team the opportunity to grow and to learn as we're building mm -hmm. this, this business and putting these 
operations in place and this structure and this framework so that we can all, you know, collaborate and grow together. So, you know, I just, mm -hmm. you know, I'm always kind of learning as well. So I think everybody wants to learn and grow, right? So that's, <laughs> that's where I come from. <laughs> well, that's something to find in your culture fit interview there, Tori. Yeah. Okay, yes, what kind of sure. person are you? <laughs> I can't tell you the number of times I've been asked questions like, well, what's on your reading list right now, Adam? What, what podcast do you listen to? Yeah. Ooh. Well, what is on my reading list right now? Oh. <laughs> People can't fake that that well. But yeah, it's true. That's true. And I've been sent at least 10 books over the in the past several years by people I work with. Like, you should read this book. Now we can do the same thing for our employees. If you have a team member who is starting to work in this area, send them a send them one of the books that help you create your specialty or, or something yeah. that might've been recommended by someone. Uh, the other really cool thing we can do is we have websites and other companies we might be friendly with. I have numerous CEOs that I meet with on a regular basis just because we're friends. Yeah. They likely have an employee in the same position as one of your employees doing the mm -hmm. same type of role. We mastermind, we network. Why can't we network our people together? Yeah. That's true. Get them want to call to do that cross collaboration, that joint learning and have them do it on the clock. Hey, clock right. in for an hour and go meet with Bob over here yeah. who runs Facebook for this other company and just pick his brain. Yeah. There's numerous ways we can keep uh, providing the right opportunities for our team members to progress themselves. And you get so much gratitude back from team. I've, I've noticed the right people when they're on your team, you give them opportunity to grow and become better. People respond to that. They just do. Yeah. It's, it's such a different uh, way of it. It's, you know, you hired right when someone's yeah. like, Oh, I get to take an online course. Adam, thank you for enrolling me in this. <laughs> yeah. People, my people too. <laughs> So what, so can you tell me, is there like something that, um, these owners or creatives who come to you, do they have any sort of aha moment when they are introduced to your platform and this operating system that you're going to help them build? What is like, do you have a common theme where they're like, oh my gosh, like that's what I needed. Or that's the moment that I was just like sold on this. What is that aha moment for your clients? The biggest aha moment is the strategic planning process I've, I've created where us entrepreneurs are super good at creating these big pie in the sky things. And we're really terrible about breaking it down into, okay, you can do this now. So when I show them that system, which starts with creating what I call strategic line of effort very pie in the sky, very huge, no time bound whatsoever on this thing. And then show you how to break it down into 90 day sprints and then 30 day uh, objectives. And we realize how much we can actually accomplish in 90 days. Yeah, That's when I get the big, we can really do this whole thing in 90 days. I'm like, yes, <laughs> but we had to start big, start to break it down and make it actionable. I love that because it's like you said, it's that pie in the sky. It's like, oh yeah, these great ideas. But then once you really start to break it down, that's when you, you can realize that this is going to come together and that it's actually going to come to fruition and like become yes. a service or become an offering. And you're like, 
that's what I needed. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, it, I can totally relate. <laughs> and I think so many of us, we, 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 we live in one of two camps, depending on how much caffeine we had that day of, are we going to stay in pie in the sky or just focus on what yeah. we can do now? And my answer is yes. Yes. Let's do both. <laughs> Because you're not going to get those pie in the sky without giving yourself permission to think big yeah. and straight up block a day on your calendar to just think big all day long. Yeah. Don't I think like about breaking things. it down yet. That's a different part of your brain. So separate it. Allow yourself that separation. I love that. Now, so just to kind of wrap things up, because I think, you know, you've given us so much information. I don't want to overwhelm us because we're all, all these pie in the sky type people, right? We need to take action right. and start putting these plans in place. But I wanted to, to ask you, do you have like a favorite quote or just kind of any advice that you would give the audience mm. on where to start or um, how to how to take take your your business to the next level? Just any advice or a quote or anything that you want to share with us? My favorite quote is from Alex Sharfin, and he says, "Your business is broken, and if everything goes right, it always will be." Mm. The only such, there's only one perfect business and that's one that's bankrupt and out of business. So accept that things are broken, accept that things are going to be messy and give yourself that permission to break things and yeah. to be okay with being things being broken. I look at mistakes. I look at employees, maybe not doing something right. Maybe something falling over on my Facebook ads. I look at all those things as opportunities because now I have something to fix. Mm, I love that. Would you to flip that a little bit? It just like you don't get frustrated anymore. You just see things as as what they are. This glare, this wonderful yeah. gift of something to go fix. Yeah, because if everything worked perfectly, then you would you wouldn't have anything to go from. You're like no learning lessons, no growth, and so mm -hmm. you're absolutely right. I think that's. That's a very good point. <laughs> yes. How's well, it their stress too? I tell you what. Yeah. <laughs> well, any, anything else that you want to leave us with? I, you know, thank you for your time and appreciate you sharing your message and where can um, the audience learn more about smooth op operations and how to, to potentially take advantage of your knowledge and, and your help. Absolutely. Um, so I have a podcast as well. It's called the smooth operator podcast. Uh, I am the smooth operator. If you're watching on video, I have a wonderful smooth head. Uh, that's where that. <laughs> I don't know how I got that nickname, but I got that nickname. So <laughs> it might hey, it be on a bobblehead behind me. Yeah. So, yes. <laughs> so you have a podcast, smooth up a smooth operator, and then mm -hmm. uh, website or social handles you want people to to visit you at. Yeah, uh, website's adamliette.com. That's A-D-A-M-L-I-E-T-T-E.com. Uh, Facebook group is just Smooth Operators Operations. You can find me there. Perfect. Well, Adam, thank you again for your time and for sharing your your knowledge. And and I think that we can all relate uh, to the success that, that you're providing with clients. And, and we all strive to have that success in our business and can definitely use some frameworks and operations to help us grow. So I appreciate you sharing your message and, and for more information, for sure, visit, uh, Adam's website or listen in on his podcast. I'm sure he will have some great information that he shares and, um, thank you again. Thank you, Tori. It's been an absolute pleasure. 
Thanks so much for listening to the Creative Visionaries podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe, leave us a review, or share with a friend. Also make sure to visit us online at creativevisionariespodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. And stay tuned for more episodes to come. And remember, it's time to tap into your true potential and unleash your inner visionary.